I'm also gonna take the over. Oh, see, you're just copying me. You're no, I'm not. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but there is, there is, there is some math involved in this. I know. I I did some too. I did some too. Wait, I was told there would be no math. Uh... <laughs> Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode. John Powell and I preview Georgia's college football playoff championship matchup with the TCU Horn Frogs in Los Angeles. And we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out store.mygotapodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at mygotapodcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now... Let's join the conversation in progress. Back for another national championship preview. We're back. We're back, baby. Just when no. we thought we were out, we <laughs> pulled mean, ourselves back in. <laughs> how about that? Two thirds of my got a podcast seasons have included a national championship preview uh, episode. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know what that means, but it feels like it means something. Hey, listen, Jim, we didn't have any back to back. Uh, national championship appearances before my got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, how different, how different does this feel than think back a year ago, we're sitting down to do this. Uh, for me, it feels incredibly different. It's just such a different situation, like all across the board. It's, it's very different. It's one of those things that's like, number one, it's, you know, the opponent and, we don't have a whole lot of history of trash talk. There's not a history of, you know, sadness associated with this program, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So that's true. Um, it's just one of those things that uh, I don't know. It kind of feels like, I don't know the way that I've seen, I haven't really seen a whole lot of trash talking online. I've seen some really ridiculous memes um, like ridiculous in that a sense that they're just like, just like what? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh but there hasn't been a whole lot of like vitriol or anything like that. They just seem like they're, they're I don't know. They just seem kind of like a, like a Vanderbilt or something. I don't know. Well, they're, you know, they're a lot smaller. So there's yeah. not, there's not as many of them. So I think that's, well, that's definitely have, part of it. They have, I mean, I guess that could probably parlay us into the, uh, into the fun, <laughs> the fun facts, but like they have one of the top like alumni networks in the country. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. But according they're not like, U- you know, according they're not to like Ohio, News. Yeah. Ohio state, you know, Michigan, you know, they're not, not, not not as large as that. Yeah. The only thing sure. I saw, I came across this thing today where this guy was trying to make a joke about like that people were coming from Athens and like his joke was that he was using Athens, Greece instead of Athens, Georgia and was asking how all of our fans were flying so far or something. And I was like, that was your joke? Like, I don't know. It was super lame. <laughs> Some TCU fan trying to, trying to pull that. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. It's those. It's, it's that Christian. It's that Christian Texas Christian co- comedy. That Waco. That Waco Texas kind of vibe. Uh, <laughs> Just right. goofy. Well, what what did you what did you bring with you this evening? You have a pour. Oh, I do. Yeah, I have. Uh, I don't know if you can. That was a good one. <laughs> I have. Uh, I have a Crown Royal Winter Wheat. This is a, um, oh, a bourbon. Yeah. This is not a bourbon. It's a Canadian whiskey, technically. But um, is if you might recall, it was around this time last year that I went to um, I went to Southern Spirits for Carter's soccer um, trip that he took in in January last year. Yeah. Um, so I decided to rekindle that vibe um, from a year ago, and here we are. 
Nice. Nice. Yeah. That was when, uh, when I came down, Oh man, I forgot that that was that weekend. That was like that. Cause I came and watched Carter's game like the day before I left to go to Indianapolis. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was another thing that was happening differently last year. Yep. Nice. So then much like that, uh, almost, well, a week later, now technically the, 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 the North Carolina event is this weekend. Um, okay. However, we're, we've decided not to go to the North Carolina event. We're going to the Tennessee event. That's a week later. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, I, I brought with me the, uh, the wild Turkey rare breed. Um, mm. so wait, wait, so we're, we're getting into the barrel proof. <laughs> we're well, getting hey, into the barrel proof. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to bring something new, uh, that I hadn't had on the show before. Um, I'll probably just stick to one, John. I think that was kind of my, <laughs> but it was, yeah, I was going more for the, the, the parallel with the name of, of rare breed as our, our dogs are trying to do something that has literally never been done before. So that was my thinking there. I thought you were, I thought you were going with the, uh, just a random mascot, like the, the horny toads. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Wild Turkey. <laughs> yeah. No. Aren't all turkeys wild? <laughs> well, I thought earlier, you know, I, I probably could have, uh, if I had waited, I think I did Long Branch earlier in the season. I could have gone with the Texas uh, bourbon uh, to, to get that matchup, but uh, had already pulled that one out. I was trying to do something I hadn't had before. So I haven't had any Texas bourbon. Garrison Brothers, I think, is the only one that I've, I'm familiar with. The, at least mm. I think, unless there's a brand out there that I'm totally blanking on, but Garrison Brothers is a is a popular Texas bourbon. But although now that I, I say that, is Long Branch even technically Texas? Because it is wild turkey too, actually. So maybe I know it's just got the McConaughey. Influence. You would have to look, anyways. You would have to look on the back of the bottle. I imagine it's brewed, it's or yeah. distilled in um in Kentucky. I think it is. I think it is. Uh, okay, so for for weekend, so I'm gonna go. Um, we talked about that before and you've made final decision to, to stay at home and watch, right? Yeah. We're, we're not able to go. So point. do you have any kind of, you have any kind of plans, any kind of watching plans? It's a I Monday night. So I know, you know, you got like work and school the next day and everything. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I think we're just gonna, I think we're just gonna kind of watch it here. Uh, my neighbor down the road, um, uh, is supposed to work. Uh, he works at the fire station. Um, I think that he said he was going to try to get off, but I don't know. We may end up watching it together, but um, nothing, nothing substantial. I was thinking about that. Like I saw on the dog central thread that there was a, a meetup at um, what central not park tavern in, um, in Piedmont park for a watch party. So that got me thinking, like, I wonder if there was any watch parties around here. Mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll got see. It. probably not. I'll probably just be watching at home with Carter. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, what I usually do for the national championship. Um, although I have been to the God, actually, so I've, I've been to all three, actually, that <laughs> George made the, the first one was a lot easier because it was in Atlanta. Um, so that, that was, <laughs> that was different. It was just a, a drive with my, with headed down there with my dad. So yeah. But yeah. So first time going with, uh, heading out with my sister to LA. Uh, so we'll be, we're heading out Sunday and we'll be heading home. Heading home Tuesday. So looking little, forward to it. Brother, sister, a little brother, sister action, huh? Yeah. 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 It'll be, that'll be, that'll fun. be fun. That'll be fun. We'll have a good time. We'll have a good time for sure. I'm a, I'm a little jealous. I was, I was looking at, uh, at, at the options to try to go and fly into Phoenix and drive from Phoenix to LA because the tickets were much cheaper into, into Phoenix. 
And right. if you are um, flying into Phoenix, I would love to live vicariously through you to take your pictures at Joshua Tree on the way. <laughs> nice, nice. But it's, okay. it's apparently a good. Apparently, it's a good drive, according to Graham. Right, right. Yeah, I certainly have not done that. I think I have a layover in Phoenix, actually. Uh, but I am flying into LA, so okay. no, nothing, no direct flights for me, unfortunately. But is what it is. But yeah, so I learned my lesson. So something we didn't so much talk about, like. I learned my lesson last year because last year, like I waited to book the flight. I was um, thinking around about like, uh, as John Tweed says, not being superstitious, but being a little superstitious. I thought it was like bad luck to book travel beforehand. And then when I found out what a pain it was, uh, <laughs> we went in and booked everything. I mean, we we did like, you know, uh, things that were refundable uh, with plane tickets and, and hotel and everything. So, so yeah, so we're all ready to go. So good stuff done over the Christmas break. All right, you wanna you wanna head into the matchup? Uh, do we have? Do you wanna do fun facts or what are we doing? We'll do that at the end of the matchup. Okay, we'll roll, we'll roll right into that. So, all right, so for the matchup, uh, kickoff uh, Monday, January 9th at seven thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, but if you're gonna be there, don't forget it's four thirty Pacific. So don't get seven thirty in your head and then show up to the game late. Um, the game is at SoFi Stadium. Uh, which is in Inglewood, California. Uh, 2022 records, Georgia 14-0, 8-0 in the SEC, TCU 13-1, technically 9-0 in the Big 12. Uh, their only loss coming in the Big 12 championship game and a rematch against uh, Kansas State. Uh, all time in this series, Georgia leads the series 4-0. Uh, so like you said, have, have not played these guys many times, but um, have played them more you know, than we had played Ohio State. Um uh, rankings wise, uh, in the CFP, obviously. So this is one versus three dogs coming at number one. TCU was number three. Um, we're on big ESPN again. So you got Chris Fowler, curb, curb street. Uh, the analysts will be Holly Rowe and Molly McGrath, um, on the sideline. And again, remember you've got the big, like mega broadcast. So if you want to listen to the hometown, version with Scott Howard, Eric Zyre, and DJ Shockley. You can catch that on the SEC network. Um, official hashtag, there are two this time. Uh, so hashtag national championship as well as hashtag CFP playoff. Uh, so you can go with either of those. I think they both have like the little special emoji thing that comes at the end of them. Um, and then as far as the weather, the game will be played indoors, uh, but for tailgating purposes, et cetera, if you're there, Low of 51, high of 61. There is rain in the forecast. So again, if you're going to be out there tailgating, uh, might want like a poncho or a rain jacket or something along those lines. So that's it for that. Uh, So we can go to the fun facts. I have a couple just, I have a couple of more things on the matchup, John, that I could, I can drop on you and see if you have these. I have a couple of comments about the matchup. Like you saw the the uproar about the, uh, the no tailgating. Mm. Um, today on, on, on the socials, that, that was like yes. an, a, a, a big surprise to me. Um, yeah, I really, I really don't understand why we continue to pick these terrible cities where you can't even have a good experience with, with, uh, with the tailgating college. Like it's on a Monday, like you're already like mm. <laughs> you're screwing with the overall vibe of college football. Then you take away the tailgate atmosphere. That's kind of sucky. Um, yeah, yeah, I will say like the the no tailgating thing. So it does. It's basically like you if you're parking in an official like SoFi Stadium managed parking lot, like they're saying you can't tailgate in those lots. Um, so 
if you want to tailgate, you have to be elsewhere is what it sounds like. Like you have to be off of the official property or something. So I think we're going to be posted up kind of like across the street from one of the edge parking lots, right? Where we're not like on the property. So shout out to Greg, uh, as always, uh, ATD tailgate heading West. Uh, So we'll be, I'll be, Melissa and I, my sister and I will be out there posted up with Greg for that. So, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that was weird. I did see, uh, I think, I think it was skinny said, uh, they can't arrest all of us. <laughs> <laughs> they can't arrest all of us. <laughs> uh, I was like, you know, they're going to be like, you know, so if I stayed, people are going to be like no tailgating. And I feel like Georgia fans are going to be like, officer, hold my beer and, you know, just tailgate anyways. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, how yeah. That goes. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, officer here. Hold, hold this bottle of bourbon while I pack up. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So, okay. So this, this is interesting. I, this actually like Georgia football tweeted this out today. So you may have already heard of this, John. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Uh, so Georgia has played in 60 bowl games all time. Uh, but the first, the first bowl game that Georgia ever played in was the 1942 orange bowl, uh, which was a 40 to 26 win over TCU. So they were our first ever bowl opponent, uh, in the orange bowl 42. Um, and then I'm going to frame this one as a, uh, a trivia question to you, John, uh, to see, and this is also, this is to illustrate how far we've come. So in, in the 2016 Liberty bowl, Kirby smarts, first Georgia team defeated TCU 31 to 23. Do you know who the play-by-play announcer was of that game on ESPN? The play-by-play announcer on ESPN mm-hmm. for, the, for the 2016 Liberty bowl. It was, was it Beth, Beth Moens. Moens. It was Beth Moens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so just think oh, it goes to show how, how, I mean, again, thinking how far we've come and I guess you can say that for both programs, right? So, you know, we Seriously. go from playing in the 2016 Liberty bowl to a national championship, uh, matchup, uh, you know, that, that close is, uh, is pretty cool. So here's the caveat that I would add on that. Like, yes, like this is how far we've come or whatever, but I would say that TCU since about 2000, I think was when Gary Patterson was hired. Mm-hmm. Like ever since Gary Patterson was hired, they've had so some serious highs and some fairly low lows. Like I think they had yeah. a couple of losing seasons and they had one season, they didn't go to a bowl game. Um, but like on the whole, like, I mean, Gary Patterson was like a shortlisted candidate for taking over for Kirby smart. Yeah. Yeah. You mean for Mark Rick? Like, I mean, for, for Mark Rick, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. taking Kirby smarts job. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember there were guys that were calling for calling for Gary Patterson come um to be the head coach because he was like a you know, he's very fiery he's kind of like he's kind of like kirby um i don't know yeah i mean i just remember like that the, there were a few years it's like oh yeah tcu is good again oh no right not. right right yep yep um i got one more one more thing i'll hit you with uh just on their head coach sonny dykes so he's in his first year as a head coach at tcu um like you just said he replaced uh, gary patterson uh so here's some interesting uh, connections so in 1997 he was a grad assistant at kentucky mm-hmm. uh and mike leach was on that staff uh in 2000 dykes went to texas tech uh to be the wide receiver coach for mike leach and he eventually became uh, mike leach's co-offensive coordinator in 2005 um and then another uh, just mentioning that with the uh We've talked about Mike Leach so so much, you know. The, this the actually on the podcast the whole time, but obviously um, with you know rest in peace, Coach Leach. Um, and the other thing is, uh, Sonny Dykes' his first head coaching job was at Louisiana Tech in 2010, replacing one Derek Dooley uh, after Derek Dooley, Derek Dooley left. Yeah. yeah, after he left Louisiana Tech to go take the Tennessee job. 
So that's that's all I had, John. On my uh, that that's my contributions to the fun decks. Oh, nice. Well, we got the we got the coaching tree taken care of. I like it. Um, well, uh, it may surprise you to to know, but TCU was not always named TCU. Can you tell me what they were originally known as? Uh, I don't know, but I'm gonna guess they were not like an ag an A and M school like all the other ones. <laughs> they were not an A and M school. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so they were they were called adran adran universe uh, adran christian university okay um and i guess that at some point along the way like they're found the founding it was founded by two brothers that uh actually fought for the confederacy interestingly enough hmm. um but uh i guess after they got back from the war they decided to come up with a uh a, Christ, a christian-based uh, college um, in Texas that would be non-denominational for the most part, um, but then they okay. did affiliate affiliate with some church. I, I can't. I've I've lost it. It was somewhere in the notes, but um, it's a it's a Christian it's a Christian based university, very small now. But um, yeah, they they I for some reason I thought that like I feel like this is like a legend or something like that. But like I thought that they had changed the name from the the horn to the horn frogs or whatever like as like a student like voting thing but like mm. they've always been they've always been the horn frogs <laughs> oh really okay interesting yeah uh, like i just found some... it it is it's the uh oh sorry now i lost it after <laughs> uh the disciples of christ is the, uh... the disciples of christ yes, yes. whatever yeah. that means i don't know Never yeah heard of it. i haven't either it's sorry. waco texas so it could be they, they could be passing out grape juice at any point i don't know well, there. Well, there's the thing. They're not in Waco, though. They were there at one point. They're in Fort. They were Worth. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. They were. In Waco. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So yeah, they've always been the Horn Frogs. Um. They've always been purple and white. There are no colors. No color mm. changes. I didn't see any like rationale on why, but uh, supposedly like the, the horn frogs situation came about when, um, I guess when the football team kind of first took the field, uh, the field itself was like infested or covered with, um, with horn frogs. Really? Um, yeah. So it was kind of like, uh, a namesake as well as just, a, a, a fun, a fun name. Uh, I guess there's a lot of horn, horn frogs or, um, I was, I always thought it would kind of look like a bearded dragon, but that's just beyond the point. Um, yeah, the, so that's, that's that, um, let's see here. Um, let's see. So, so other fun facts that I have, um, they, they have this weird, they have this weird chant, um, that I guess they do, which I was unaware of until I started like researching these guys. They have like, uh, like a Ramajama, Yellowhama kind of, kind of cheer that, uh, that the, bammers do so that's kind of weird right so we we played alabama last year and now we're playing tcu and they have a similar like what in the heck are you talking about type of type of cheer okay riff ram riff ram bazoo lickety lickety zoo zoo who wah wah who give them hell tcu interesting i never heard of that i didn't know about this either it's one of the first things that comes up on there like these are our traditions and and, and part of the history or whatever oh, yeah, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna report back i'm gonna let you know if i hear that at all when i'm when well i mean the video that they have is like, like the, apparently it's like one of those kind of like where they have like a celebrity dot the eye or whatever mm. um apparently they have a celebrity come out and like do the do the chant or whatever um so okay. i'll be interested to see what they what they have yeah. Um, Interesting. 
Let's see here. What's the other one? Yeah, they also have this weird like. It'll it'll be interesting to see like because we're we're known for like barking at people or whatever. <laughs> they have this like yes. hand this hand gesture, which I guess is like a Big Twelve kind of thing. Like you know, they have the you know the, the horns the horns down and the ho- hook them horns, and then you got the the Texas Tech guys with the the finger guns or whatever. Right. Um, and I guess TCU has uh this like it, it, it's like. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like you, you put your 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 index finger and your middle finger up and like bend them into like a I don't know like like a tarantula <laughs> like a tarantula bite. And you're like go frogs. <laughs> like what? Weird. What is what is that? I have no idea what that's about. But yeah, they have like this hand gesture that they do that it'll be interesting. Okay. I don't know. So if anyone if... does the hand gesture to me, I am to bark back at them. Is that? Yeah. Do you yeah, think that? I, I feel say... like that's fair. I would say bark back at them and, and see what and see what happens or whatever. Nice. Um, I don't know if there's like an insult that you could do. Like, you, can you do frogs down? <laughs> I don't know. My question was like, do they spell frogs F R A W G S? But they apparently they do not, from what I can tell. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really seen it like that anywhere. They just use normal normal spelling, I guess. I haven't seen anything. Um, yeah, I think that that was it. For some reason, I feel like I'm missing something from my from my notes or whatever, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're a small school. We have about 12,000 students. Um, they're yeah, that was all over the, smaller. that was all over the Fiesta Bowl broadcast. Like they kept showing like the difference in size of TCU as, as compared to mission Michigan. Like they kept laying into that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll do that on this one at all. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to check the broadcast for that. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they, <laughs> I'm sure they will. <laughs> uh, all right. Nice fun. Nice. Nice with the fun facts as always. Uh, I've not got quite as fun, not quite as fun as I was hoping. That's okay. Well, a, yeah. a Christian, a Christian, a Christian college. I thought I was expecting to see a little bit more, a um, little bit more interesting, mm. it's interesting okay. roots. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, let's do the news and notes. Don't have a ton here. One thing, just, just news piece. I don't know. Did you see the, the plane that the team's going to fly in? So like Delta, uh, dedicated a plane to Vince Dooley. Um, I did. It's got like a that. signature on it. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So team will be flying out to LA in style in a Vince Dooley um, dedicated uh, plane. So that was pretty cool. Um, I read through Kirby's most recent press conference. Um, I'm just going to hit really on the injury stuff because everything else was, uh, it, I don't know, nothing else was like super interesting to me that what I read through. So I'll just go on the injury. So um, there was actually had been a question about Arian Smith and he was talking about like how um, Arian had kind of filled in for lad a bit on, on a few things, just on getting some of his reps in the practices leading up um, to the peach bowl. But then in that, he said that like basically heading up to the peach bowl, he said that lad looked good. He looked good at warmest to the peach bowl and was able to go and play. Then he said, we're hoping he's even better this week. So take that for what it's worth. He had a follow-up question about Darnell Washington, about Warren McClendon and Chaz Chambliss. Uh, and he said, yeah, we're hopeful to get all those guys back. Um, so basically, Kirby is hopeful on everyone. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Although, like, we didn't expect to see A.D. Mitchell like we did last week. Um, so uh, it will be interesting to watch. Um, apparently, Sonny Dykes subscribes to the same um the same method of answering questions um so uh <laughs> if you if you're not aware uh TCU's leading rusher 
uh, Kendra Miller uh, got injured in the Fiesta Bowl against Michigan. And so obviously Sonny Dykes got asked about his status and he said, we're hopeful to get Kendra back as the week progresses. We'll know a little bit more. So that's all he has said. So I don't know if Kirby and Sonny Dykes have been uh, talking. I, I do know that Kirby definitely opened his press conference with that. He, uh, the typical got a lot of respect for Sonny Dykes and TCU. So we got that one in there as well. Yeah, man, he's coming in. He's, he's got a loaded roster too. There's, I've seen some folks talking about how, um, I think it was, uh, was it, was it Brett, Brett Rollins um, who mm. was talking about um, that TCU might have more people drafted in the NFL than, than UGA in this class. Really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they have their best, their best running back screwed up because that will definitely change the game. I think I texted you when I was watching this, uh, the TCU versus Michigan game, like as a rewatch in preparation for, you know, looking at these, looking at these jokers. Um, when, when Kendra Miller went down, um, TCU was winning like 21 to nine, I think, or 21 to three. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when, when he went down, it feel it felt like it was like a shift, a shift in momentum for sure. Because then obviously, you know, Michigan kind of mounted a comeback, but right. Right. It definitely yeah. gave them more of an opportunity because I feel like that uh, TCU started to to kind of shut things down a little bit. Right. Yeah. It was just a little bit of a too little too late, I guess, with Michigan. But that that game was that game was wild. <laughs> it was absolutely wild. But I mean, too, like if they if that touchdown doesn't get overturned, you know, at the beginning, if they don't run that crazy end around um, Michigan did a lot of well, they had some self-inflicted wounds. And plus that that one call was awful. But he picked sixes, and apparently the goal line is where um, Michigan's drives go to die. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, all right, let's let's hit the usual. Let's get into the game. Let's talk about uh, the Georgia offense and the and the TCU defense. Um, so just I'll, I'll run down some things on the TCU defense, and then we can talk about what we're looking for here. So uh, their leading tackler is uh, Johnny Hodges. He's a linebacker. He's got 81 tackles in the season. Um, they've had a defensive lineman named Dylan Horton. Uh, he leads TCU and the Big 12 in sacks uh, with 10 sacks on the season. Um, and then they've also got a guy named D. Winters. He's a linebacker. He's second on TCU in sacks and third in the Big 12 uh, with seven and a half sacks uh, on the season. Um and then Bud Clark is a safety. He leads the team in his second in the Big 12 with five interceptions. Uh, and they also have two corners in uh, Tomlinson, uh, sorry, uh, Travius Hodges Tomlinson uh, and Josh Newton. Uh, they both have three interceptions on the season. Um, the defense uh, against the Power Five uh, has been allowing 26.58 points per game. Uh, and then that scoring impact, right? What I've talked about uh, with Georgia. So Georgia's offense is uh, at this point is now scoring 12.128 more points per game against power five teams than they tend to allow. Um, so John, what are you, what are you looking for? What are you looking for when Georgia's on offense? What was the, what was the points that they were giving up? Uh, 26.58 points per game against the power five. And we're impacting it by 12. By adding 12. That's the average. Wow. We score 12 more points against teams and teams tend to allow against the power than the average allowing the power five on that's what the stats that's just straight, you know, averages hmm. throughout the season for Georgia. I'm looking ahead, looking ahead at my predictions and maybe, maybe I'm seeing why, why that <laughs> would be the case. <laughs> gotcha. Um, 
Okay, so things that I'm looking for. So um, you mentioned two players that I felt like I saw flying around the field uh, against Michigan. Okay. Uh, Tomlinson, Hodges Thomasline or whatever, mm-hmm. um, who is, I believe, that he is the son of uh, LaDamian Tomlinson. LaDamian Tomlinson? Really? God, we're so old. I, I I can't, like, now. so now we've got, like, we played Marvin Harrison's son last week. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, Ladamian Thomason went to TCU. So yeah, I, I I made an assumption in that. I didn't actually research that, but I mean, the I'll math checks out, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. You look it up while I talk. Um. The so Thomason was was all over the place. Uh, I felt like he was flying to the ball. He was crashing down on runners. Like he was doing everything. I felt like. And then you mentioned Dean Winters. Dean Dean Winters is. Like he was the impact player of the game, in my opinion. He had two pick sixes. <laughs> wow! Yeah, um, yeah. He was the guy that intercepted uh, intercepted them twice for for touchdowns, and he was having sacks. Like he, th- those two guys were flying all over the place. So that's that's those are those are some things that I'm looking for. Um, okay, I can quickly do... interrupt and update you. He is Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew. Nephew. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Uh, I was close. I was close. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think that, uh, I think that that's, that's definitely something that I'm going to be looking for Mm. on, on paper, like I feel, and from what I saw with Michigan, I felt like Michigan had a lot more success running the ball against TCU, um, than they did passing the ball, which I guess, duh, because they had two pick sixes, but, um, (laughs) sure. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Michigan, Michigan, by and large, like, you know, for the most part kind of is, is a pretty close comparable for, from an opponent standpoint. Um, you know, we're very similar to Michigan in terms of, in terms of what we bring to the table, um, mm-hmm. from a defense standpoint and from an offensive standpoint, we're probably a little bit better, but, um, you know, if all, all things being equal, you just look at the, the comparables there. And I feel like that. I feel like that we could run the ball on these guys. I feel like we could run the ball even more on, on Ohio state. Um, there was a little bit of getting away from that in the game with some of the the timing of how everything was working for us. But um, I would love to see us just come out and pound the rock and protect the ball is, yeah. is really what I would, what I would like to see. Like the less that we ask Stetson to do and the less we ask him um, to be an impact in the game, is probably going to be safer for us because TCU is actually like one of the top like top teams in the country. Like, I think they're number ten in the country in terms of total interceptions um, on the season. Um, and again, yeah. it kind of goes back to this whole conversation that we've had all season long: is <laughs> if we protect the ball, we're going to win this game. Yeah. So TCU is uh, they're plus nine in the turnover uh, uh, margin on the season. Yeah, I mean that's what I've seen is they 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 appear to be like they I don't know I feel, I feel like their defense is kind of like looking to cause cause havoc um you know cause turnovers and then, and then capitalize on it. Uh one thing actually that I I forgot to mention earlier. I, I said Kirby didn't say anything interesting. One thing he did say um was about their defense. So uh TCU uh you know everyone most people I I think they're all like or at least head coach and the coordinators are all first year there, right? So um their defensive coordinator is uh, Joe Gillespie. Um, he came from Tulsa. 
This is his first power five coordinator job um, at TCU this, this year. But so he runs a three, three, five defense um, and Mississippi state also runs a three, three, five defense. And so Kirby did get asked about that. Like, could they glean anything from the Mississippi state game to learn and then apply here to TCU? And he actually said, no. Um, so he said like Mississippi state is very different. He said, Mississippi state is not really a three, three, five compared to these guys. So whatever that means, um, he didn't go to it a whole lot more than that. Um, but so, you know, it is a bit of a different style of defense. The only thing, so what you're telling me, John, because my question was around like, I mean, Stetson is, he's three for three. He's played in three college football playoff games. He's been the offensive MVP of every single one. Uh, you're telling me you don't think he's going to go four for four? You think we're going to have like a running back maybe? <laughs> I mean, it's it's certainly in the, in the arena. Um, yeah. I would say that if, if he, it wouldn't surprise me. Let's just say this: it wouldn't surprise me. But what I want to see from the outset is how can we establish dominance along the offensive line? And then uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that age-old like, does the run set up the pass, and the pass set up the run, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I would, I would prefer that the run set up the pass in this in this particular game. I'd like to, I don't know, I, I, I see a lot of different stats going around with like you know all our different scoring metrics and, you know, what the predicted scores are for this and that. And everybody seems to think that we're going to score a lot of points. Mm. The The flip side of that is that not everybody seems to think that TCU is going to score a lot of points. Um, yeah. So in, in my head, I feel like that based on that, based on what I've seen in the numbers, that if they are scoring a lot of points, then that means that we're probably messing up on – we're probably messing up in terms of giving them extra possessions that they wouldn't normally have kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, that's just my two cents. Like I would feel much better for Kenny McIntosh to have a hundred yards rushing in the first half kind of thing. I definitely feel, and I know like Graham, I think Graham mentioned this in his uh, 15 takeaways. They were, they were extra for a playoff game um, about how much like Kenny McIntosh had the hot hand against Ohio state and like, let's Uh kind of let's, let's, let's feed him the ball. And I, I totally agree with that. I mean, he was again, like we said, other than the turf monster, which that was pretty random. Um, I mean, he was lights out. I would love to see him getting the ball in the perimeter and running everything. (laughs) I didn't mention this on the review, but, um, I did feel like that talking about the turf monster, I did feel like that there was a, there was some weirdness going on with our, with the turf at at the bins. It felt like that there was Mm. a lot more like of those rubber pellets flying mm. around yeah. that I feel like I normally see. Um, they definitely like flew that, that, when Kenny fell. It was exactly. big time. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, this is a different stadium, but, um, and, and, you know, talking about the turf, like I think the Michigan and TCU played on natural turf, I believe in the, mm. in the Fiesta bowl. So it'll be interesting to see what they look like indoors. What Dugan, what Dugan Duggan, whatever his name is, um, look like um, indoors as well. We have the age old, the age old uh, mantra: Stetson indoors, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That's, I mean, and then, and, you, and then you've got, and then you've got the Stetson numbers that have been people have been kind of honing in on. And Stetson in the fourth quarter is pretty much an automatic, an automatic uh, like perfection, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, 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 I mean, I just, I, I don't know as much about these guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was definitely, you know, watching the Michigan game, like once Michigan caught fire, I mean, they were 
almost unstoppable too. Like, you know, I mean like that third quarter, I think it was the third quarter. There was like 44 points scored or something between the two teams. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like there will be the opportunities will be there. Um, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really interested around Darnell. Um, Kirby said he's hopeful. I don't know how hopeful I am, um, but just mm-hmm. his, his, his blocking. Cause I do wonder around Brock Bowers, right? Like having to maybe stay back and protect more, et cetera. Um, having Darnell is helpful there. Although the other, the flip side of that is, you know, if you know something going in, right. So like mm-hmm. last week we were practicing, assuming Darnell would be there if we're practicing, assuming he won't be, if they know that, right. Then Delp, I think would be more ready to to get in there and, and block and help with that extra protection as well. So, or, or at least preparing or at least preparing a little bit more for it. Right. The right. other thing is, uh, the other thing talking about the tight end room, like th- you heard it on the broadcast, like Herbie questioning, like where Brock Bowers was, where's Brock Bowers? Yeah. Well, apparently come to find out like Brock's been sick. Um, yeah. yeah. Which was not something that came out um, publicly. Um, but over on dog central, if you're a, f- a follower, you, you'd know that information. Um, so definitely yeah. head on over to dog central for all of the insider info there. Um, which that tracks with kind of how things how how things kind of went. So another week to have him, you know, healed up and 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 feeling better. Um, I'm hoping that he has a another a breakout game because those are some things like I think we talked about this. Like and from what I saw with um, from what I saw with TCU, it it may not necessarily match up with what I was thinking that we would be looking for from Brock. Like mm-hmm. I saw, I saw Michigan gash TCU just up the gut, which is like totally anti JP, um, like <laughs> run, run it up the gut with this offensive line. I know that yeah. I've, I've eaten my crow on the, on the offensive line all <laughs> already this season, but like, right. They got gashed. Like Michigan was able to put work in, um, up the when they were running up the middle and and they were they were running the ball really well um from what i saw and then eventually yeah. later later in the game all that running success up the middle eventually equated to running success outside um i know their their quarterback mccarthy or whatever he he had a big scamper um kind of very stetson-esque um a big scamper towards towards the end of the game that was a huge huge gain um i'll be looking for some some opportunities for Stetson to be pulling the pulling it there. A couple other looks that uh, TCU was giving um, giving the UGA offense, like they looked like they were susceptible to the flea flicker. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I we have a we have a wide receiver named Arian Smith who's healthy now, and I think I texted you this, Jim. But uh, you know, if if they're showing a propensity to crash down on the runners, if we give them a heavy dose over three quarters or whatever, and then you hit them. You hit him with a flea flicker with Arian Smith running deep. I feel like that would be like one of those backbreaking plays <laughs> in the fourth quarter that we could throw out at him. Yeah. Um, uh, other things, other things. To, I, so the one thing that does like concern me, like from from their defensive standpoint, is their ability to move quickly to close down those outside passes, like swing passes <laughs> and bubble screens and things like that. Um, TCU was able to shut a lot of that stuff down. Um, they blew up a lot of lateral plays, but they were okay. susceptible deep. Um, hmm. That was that was definitely one thing. Um, that was that was definitely one thing that I noticed in the in the film review with um, with Michigan. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm assuming Munkin's gonna you know Stets is gonna spread the ball around to the plethora of receivers like we always do. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Interested to see. Yeah. That, uh, you bring up a, a good point around like where, where they're, we'll be curious to see if we kind of throw to open the pass, which is what we did against, sorry, throw, throw to open up the run, which I think it's, that's kind of how we started off against Ohio state, right? Like we came out just throwing on that first mm-hmm. drive. Um, or did we come out and kind of test them up the gut, uh, with the run? So we we'll watching for that. Cool. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting because, um, I feel like that the answers there, like if you if you look at these guys, uh, like have a lot of explosiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we come out, if we come out running the ball pretty pretty heavy to start the game, mm-hmm. that tells me that Kirby's very confident in being able to figure out how to stop them from a yeah. from an offensive standpoint because we're going to be trying to slow the game down from the get go, mm-hmm. wear them down. They they may have these these ballers. Um, they have these players in the in the starting lineup, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the third and second string and fourth string or whatever, um, yeah. like where do they do they have the depth? Do they have the horses in the barn, so to speak, to to run with our depth? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like our depth. And you know, it's one of those things where if you look at two teams and they look, you know, statistically similar, like good on good. I right. think that the one, uh, ironically, even though I'm sitting here saying like I think we should run the ball, like I think one of their weakest links was the the passing game on the TCU defense side. Um, but like you look at the numbers that Stats of War puts out there, and it's like, oh yeah, everything looks pretty even except for a handful of of areas here mm-hmm. and there. But um, then you would immediately go to the blue chip ratio, and we are vastly superior in that regard. Right. Right. Makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, before we get to the defense, let's take a moment to remind everyone that season three of My Got a Podcast is presented by Oxia Time. Uh, Oxia Time is a custom watch company. You've got to check out their college football playoff collection. So we've got they've got the 2021 Georgia National Championship collection. They've got the 2022 college football playoff selection. And John, actually, something I noticed, uh, I, and I, you know, John Canaris, uh, founder of Oxia Time, he didn't even tell me this. I was out on the collegefootballplayoff.com. I was kind of perusing like what kind of CFP uh, stuff they had. I was actually checking to see if they already had any like CFP pullovers. Like if I could get a pullover that had like the CFP logo and in uh, the Georgia logo, for example. Uh, and I didn't come across that, but you know what I did come across was an Oxia Time Watch. So they're out there on like in the uh, merchant shop uh, on collegefootballplayoff.com. A uh, much easier way to go check them out is to go over to oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A. T-I-M-E.com. Uh, everything is officially licensed through both the college football playoff as well as any universities that they are uh, working with. So you know, they've got the Georgia watch, they've got TCU watch um, with the uh, 2023 uh, uh, CFP logo on that as well. So be sure to check them out. And thanks again to Oxia Time for being the presenting sponsor for season three. Absolutely. Heard a heard an Oxia Time ad on on the hometown radio network for for TCU uh, while I was doing my research, which was wild to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Oh man. All right, let's talk about uh, the Georgia defense and that TCU offense. So uh, TCU's offense is led by Max Duggan. So John, it is Duggan. It is not Dugan. I did. I, I looked that up and. I don't Shame know why on... I just naturally want to call him Dugan. Like, is so, there like a, a TV character or like a cartoon character from back yeah. in the day called Dugan? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but I, <laughs> I did notice, well, I mean, you know, one, they say it on the broadcast. I know you mentioned that they were saying Duggan on the hometown. Um, on the TCU, on like their official, you know, athletic website, they have the little ear icon where you can hear their play-by-play guy say people's names 
like Georgia dogs used to have. So, you know, if anyone in the university is listening, would like to bring that back. I was a big fan of the Scott Howard uh, pronunciations. So TCU has it at any rate. Um, Max Duggan Heisman trophy finalist uh, finished second in the Heisman trophy voting. So he actually finished one slot ahead of CJ Stroud. Um, he's 259 of 397 on the year. That's 63.7% completion percentage. He's thrown for 3,546 yards, 32 touchdowns and six picks. Uh, he also has 127 carries for 461 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. Um, Kendra Miller is their leading rusher, 224 carries for 1,399 yards, 17 touchdowns. But as we talked about, he did get injured in the Fiesta Bowl, and he is, uh, as Sonny Dyke said, he is hopeful to get him back. Um, if he's not able to go, uh, we probably see this guy anyway. So Amari DeMarcado uh, has 107 carries uh, for 622 yards and six touchdowns in the year. He was a leading rusher against Michigan. Uh, he had 17 carries and 150 yards and a touchdown uh, against Michigan. But as John, I think as you pointed out, a lot of that was on one chunk rush, I think, right? He he, he ripped off a pretty long one. Yeah. Um, what was his name? Uh, DeMarcado. Mar- Amari DeMarcado. DeMar- Demarcado. See, I didn't. Li- I should have listened to the pronunciation guide for his name. Demarcado. Demarcado or something. Yeah, like that? yeah, yeah. Um, and then let's see. At receiver, uh, Quentin Johnston is their leading receiver. Uh, Fifty-nine catches for one thousand sixty-six yards and six touchdowns. Um, looking at the numbers, so their offense averages thirty-nine and a half points per game against the Power Five. Uh, the Georgia defense, though, on average, is holding teams to twelve point nine eight points uh, less per game than they score against the power five. Um, again, since this is a brand new team, like we never played them uh, or haven't played them in a while, brand new staff. Uh, so their offensive coordinator actually is Garrett Riley. Uh, he is the younger brother of USC head coach Lincoln Riley. Um, he actually won the Broyles award, the Broyles award this year, uh, that goes to the nation's best assistant. Uh, you'll recall Todd Munkin was a finalist, uh, but Garrett Riley actually won it. Um, and he also, another Mike Leach connection, um, Garrett Riley actually played at Texas tech in 2008 and 2009. Uh, he was a quarterback, but he never attempted a pass. All right. JP, what are you, what are you looking at out of Max Duggan? in this TCU offense, what are you looking for our defense to do to stop them? Um, so I think that what we're going to be looking at here is a, a situation where we, we have some experience, you know, trying to cut down a, a mobile scrappy quarterback from, um, you know, Kirby's time with or Kirby's game with Oklahoma. So I think we're going to be looking this, this, this offense and defense battle is going to begin and end with what Max Dugan is, is able to do. Um, yeah. If he, if he's able to, to break free from pressure, like um, CJ Stroud was CJ Stroud was, was pretty successful at doing that. Um, getting away from getting away from stepping up in the pocket and all those things. Um, but he is not as fast as Max Dugan. Um, so if Max breaks free on some of those types of uh, wide open spaces, if you will, um then he he's probably going to be gashing us pretty pretty dramatically. So I'm going to be looking for our ability to stop the run first and foremost, like period, end of story. Whether it's Max running the ball, or if uh, if Kendra is is able to go, or mm-hmm. you know Di Mercado, um, if he's if he's able to come in, um, 
you know, any whoever they throw at us, we got to be able to stop the run. And if you can do that, if you can keep them one dimensional to where they have to rely on the passing game, which we've for all the faults that we have all season long, most of the bitching and moaning, sorry, Carter, has been um, most of the bitching and moaning has been on the passing game, right? Um, like we can't defend the past. And like, oh, we're complaining about Keely Ringo, which by the way, like someone pointed out like some, some major stats on Keely Ringo, like as much as we give him grief, like he played really well in the last game. Um, he did. He's going to be, he, he's going to be asked to be, to do a lot in this game as well. Um, so, you know, all of our woes on the defense typically are surrounded around the passing game. So that being said, like if we can continue to hold serve, which, you know, by forcing them into situations. I think they, they showed a stat like Ohio State at one point had like some ridiculously low number of yards rushing um, at halftime. And, you know, basically the running game was just never really a factor until CJ broke out of the pocket. <laughs> that was really right. the only, that was really the only times it was ever, ever a problem for us. Um, so just getting, getting hands on, getting, getting bodies on, uh, gaps, getting bodies into the gaps to close those running lanes down. I mm. think if I'm Kirby Smart, because from what I saw, when they were able to stop Max Dugan from running and when they were able to stop the run, like he's he's an accurate passer and you know he's a, obviously a great quarterback, but like mm. I mean I saw him I saw him sky some balls. Like there he he missed he missed throws left and right. Like getting getting pressure on him like if we mm. were to force him into being a one-dimensional quarterback like i feel like i really i really like our our, our chances yeah and i think the the big difference here is like and if just think about the way we're talking about this and obviously the coaches know a lot more than we do but no one was expecting cj stroud to run like he did right like that i don't know how much of the game plan how much went into the game plan of like stopping CJ Stroud scrambling and taking off, right? Like it's one thing about like moving around in the pocket. It's another thing about what I'm taking off. And that's just not, that wasn't him at his MO like all year with Duggan. That is what he does. I mean, the guy runs, they put the ball in his hands a lot. I mean, if they're, if they're down there near the goal line or if they're in a short yardage situation, they're lining him up. He's taking the, the direct snap and he's running like that is what they do. Yeah. That's their bread and butter. So like, we're going to have a plan to stop him running. Whereas I don't know that we would have thought to have a plan to stop CJ Stroud running. So that's what makes me feel better about that there. Um, I think the other thing they is do, that, they do okay. have a tendency. They do have a tendency that I saw a couple of times where if they do get into that goal line situation, and maybe mm. they'll maybe they'll throw a wrinkle at it at us in in this game because you know if, especially if they get desperate, right? So they were showing tendencies to do where when they get down to a goal line situation, they have a wide receiver. I think it was Johnston. Some it was one of the wide receivers, like six mm. five, two hundred something pounds or whatever. Yeah. They have him. They have him run in from out wide and basically line up directly behind Max Dugan, and Dugan snaps the ball and it's a quarterback sneak and he just serves as like a, a like a, a snowplow of sorts to just try to push push Max into the end zone. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that. one. Of, that was how they scored one of their passes. One of their one of their plays. And apparently, like one of the announcers was talking about, like this is what they do in the goal line. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, they actually talked like about the fact that. Kind of like when but, we get into the goal line situation and we throw Jalen Carter out there, you know, that kind of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that the other day that we, you know, we haven't, we haven't seen the jumbo package in a while, but, but I digress. Um, I think one of the things they talked about was the fact that they didn't do that at the end of the Kansas state game, uh, in the big 12 championship when they had a chance to win it. Um, they didn't, they didn't try that. Uh, they went another route and it, and it didn't work. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely watching that. The other thing, um, again, like, you know, maybe it's just being too much recency bias or focusing on their most recent game too much, but, uh, a lot of poor tackling from Michigan, um, in that game. there was a lot of, uh, bad angles taken, um, where like a TCU player would make one guy miss and then he's gone. Um, I, I, I just feel like we're a better tackling team than that. We're not going to make those same mistakes for sure. Yeah. Especially with Christopher Smith and Keely Ringo. I mean, you may catch the ball, you may get some yards on us, but like, pretty much immediately you're going to be going down. There's not a whole lot of yak going on here. Yeah. And, you know, and something I feel like I, we probably didn't mention enough in the re in the peach pool review was, was Christopher Smith. He, I mean, the guy was, I mean, he was out there, uh, hitting hard. Um, I feel like he's become a much, I don't know. He's like bringing the wood this season, um, <laughs> that I didn't sure. see that as much of, in his career before this season. Um, it's been, it's been fun to watch his, his growth through his career. I would tend to agree. Um, okay. Let me see some other things that I'm looking for, uh, from the defense. So smile Munden had a great game, um, in a, in a sense that like, not only did, was he able to get generate pressure and have, have a good game, but there were plays that he was making, uh, against Ohio state where he would, he would impact the play in such a way where, you know, he's getting, he's getting penetration on, on his guy when he's Mm -hmm. blitzing and he's able to veer his, his man. He may not get to the quarterback, but he's able to veer his man mm-hmm. to prevent, you know, the quarterback from stepping up in the pocket and making a play with his legs or, um, you know, making a pass downfield, etc. There was, there was a couple of plays in particular that I remember and one, which like Michael Williams was able to get, um, get home on a sack where smile pushed his man basically into the run lane that CJ Stroud would have normally been able to step step away from that blitz, mm-hmm. which al- allowed Michael to come through and, and just blast. Yeah. I I know, um, I know we had texted about this a little bit, right around, like, again, with Duggan and his propensity to run, um, kind of assuming we're going to spy someone, you think that would be spile potentially, or maybe Jamon Dumas Johnson. I would probably say that that would be tasked with Dumas Johnson, but um, I do think that you are going to have to have some spy plays particularly in like a third and long situation mm-hmm. um yeah I, yeah i mean I, I would think that that would probably be johnson whoever the fastest one is i believe that would be johnson but um it's gonna have to be someone that's able to get lateral quick and a rook once with smith kind of kind of vain. like i said i think that this this tracks like a you know th- this tracks like the oklahoma game where we're trying to you know game plan around baker mayfield kind of thing mm-hmm Interesting, because um, I brought that up last week, and you said Ohio State didn't feel like it, but you, I, you feel like this. To, or you're just saying like from the whole like around a single player kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I mean, it didn't feel like that uh, for Ohio State because it wasn't on the film. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. His mobility wasn't on the film. I mean, <laughs> right. it's now it's now yeah. on the film, so it might I might say something different, but like, yeah. I mean, you figure. And it goes back to what we talked about. Like literally everything went wrong. Not only did everything go wrong from a, you know, a situation yeah. where we, we had guys in wrong positions, making wrong fits, like 
running the wrong routes, whatever, whatever, whatever happened. Like, and that, that doesn't, that, that includes like guys over pursuing. And that includes guys like Jalen Carter, like basically breaking free from his block and just downhill sprinting at the quarterback where all he has to do is take a sidestep mm-hmm. and you're dead to rights. You know what I mean? Like I'd yeah. like to see if we have those situations where we break it down and just like force them to do something, make, make the quarterback, make a decision that's going to make or break their, their play, not allow him to break free. And then all of a sudden he has like an infinite amount of time to throw to a wide receiver, 50 yard downfield, which he can absolutely throw that ball. Um, I think that, um, I think that that's 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 you can't have those broken plays because he's just going to he's going to punish us if we have those broken plays. Yeah. And well, that's where, again, I, I think the word that pressure comes into play. And then and like you were just talking about, just like actually getting to the quarterback and like mm-hmm. actually affecting him, because you you, you mentioned, you know, Keely Ringo having a, a, a good game against Ohio State. And he did. And like, you know, like the I think he only gave up like one touchdown and the one touchdown he I think Stroud had like seven seconds, I think, before he threw the ball. Like no one can cover that long, especially not yeah. with the guys that Ohio State was running out there. So um having that pressure, getting on him, you know, they don't have like the two one thousand yard receivers coming in like Ohio State did. Um, but yeah, I I I I think similar here, right? Like like with wearing down and in in depth. Um, we saw a lot of young guys get action against Ohio State. And we'll see how healthy everyone can can be, get back. Um, we'll see how much of those young guys we see against TCU, kind of depending on health and everything. So, the other thing that I saw Michigan do really well, uh, especially later in the game, um, and frankly, we had a similar we had similar success as well. Um, I think that in the twelve takeaways, Graham was talking about how. Um, we were giving them too soft of a zone and we changed things up in the second half um, where we started like pressing coverage. And then we also layer that on with like no holds barred blitzing. Yeah. And so that's definitely something that I noticed with, uh, with Michigan was when they brought, you know, five, six guys, it, it caused Dugan to have problems and they got home pretty, pretty easily um, on several of those blitz blitz packages in the second half. Like, I think that there there could be a so if I'm if I'm Kirby I'm probably mapping this out to try to try to grind out uh, a little bit and then start bringing things home and just lay the hammer down later in the game so mm-hmm. I expect like early runs early runs early runs see what they can do see what they're made of like run your packages out there mm. and then you know if it's working great if it's not you know obviously they they would pivot but like if it's working, like I would then release the hounds later in the game because when he gets to a position where he's got to throw the ball, if you bring the house, like he doesn't do well with it. He doesn't do well with the, the blitzes. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. Let's hit a couple of special teams things. Um, so just kind of knowing your opponent. Uh, so their place kicker is a guy named Griffin Kell. Uh, he was 61 to 63 on extra points on the season and 17 of 19 on field goals. Uh, he has a long of 54 yards. Uh, but he was 50%. So he only kicked two over 50. He made that 54 yarder. Uh, he missed the other, um, Jordy Sandy is the punter. Uh, he's got a 40.1 yard average. Uh, that's 10th in the big 12. So not, uh, not super high there. Um, 
they do have uh, a good kick returner. Uh, so Darius Davis, he's a wide receiver. Uh, he led the Big 12 in punt return yeah. yards um, with 268 yards returning punts in the season with two uh, punt returns for touchdowns. Um, he's also second in the Big 12 on kickoff returns. Um, he averages uh, 25.7 yards per kickoff return. Uh, so watch out for that. Other thing, reminder, uh, one of the things we talked about earlier in the year, I, I think I mentioned it as like the moment of the week, the week that it happened, that uh, when they like ran that like fire drill field goal uh, to beat Baylor, when they had no timeouts, uh, ran the whole team off, ran the ran the special teams on, lined, the, lined it up and made the field goal. Um, so but definitely know the guys. Yeah, remember. So we're at the end of the Baylor game, uh, they were out okay. of timeouts, and they had the, that like fire drill where they ran the ran the special teams on and, and kicked that field goal and made it like kind of at the horn uh, to beat them. Um, so I think they're a well coached unit. I guess is where I'm going there. So yeah, that, that actually tracks with um, one of the things that I noticed and I was curious about. Like it's interesting that you brought that up because that was one thing that I noticed about the special teams units when I was watching that Michigan game. So the Michigan game, I watched the all twenty-two view, which mm-hmm. I may end up watching that. I don't. Do they have the same announcers on the all twenty-two, or is it? I just think like, they put the the ESPN radio announcers. I believe. Yeah. See, that was the only drawback is that the. Yeah. The announcers sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but the all 22 view is, is fantastic. So one of the things that I saw with the all 22 view when you were zoomed out was when they went to punting or kicking situations, um, they sub off everyone. Like, uh, yeah. like it, it seemed like there was just a mass exodus and entrance of players <laughs> yeah. from the TCU sideline. Whereas Michigan, they had some guys run off and some guys run on, but like it wasn't anything on the scale mm-hmm. that that TCU had. So that's definitely something to, that I would I thought was was interesting. Like, well, if they get down to a a field a late field goal situation, mm-hmm. if they're that well coached, then that could be that could be something to watch. Um, even if they are that well coached, like whenever you're bringing that many guys on and off, like there's there's always the propensity for like if you've been sitting or you know, maybe a false start here or there, or, you know, if they're bringing those guys off and then putting that many guys on, then that means that they're probably not starting their best players on the special team side of things, at least, you know, Mm. just, just an intuitively thinking, right? Like if you, like when we have guys, we have like a handful of guys run off and we keep a lot of starters out there for our special teams. plays. Yeah. So if you have lesser players playing on special teams on the TCU side, that could be a situation where it sets up nicely for a block, a block field goal, um, a block mm-hmm. punt, or or whatever the case may be. But yeah, those are yeah. that was definitely something that I noticed about the special teams. Okay, nice. Um, then on our end, would love to see uh, Jackpot uh, get back on track. I mean, granted, I'd love for him to not have to kick oh. any field goals because we're just scoring touchdowns. But should he run out there? Um, no, we need him. We need him to. Uh, to get back there. Um, I, I don't know. Get away from Mercedes Benz, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I would love him. I would love him to go out with a bang uh, of sorts, um, but not so much a bang where it's like a game winner. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't need the nervousness for that. Fair enough. Right. 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 Uh, right. I'd also like to see Thorson impact the game. Cause I feel like that, you know, when we do come down to punting, which I don't think we're going to be doing a whole lot of, um, but that said, um, I feel like our punting game is much better than their punting game because what I saw from TCU was not super impressive from a punt, like a, a punt, a punt standpoint. So yeah, um, there that could tracks. be some opportunities. There could be some opportunities. 
could be some opportunities for uh, the unofficial official wide receiver of my guy podcast, Kiaris Jackson, uh, in the punt return game. Um, you know, he he had a big win against Peach Bowl, maybe in the Peach Bowl. Maybe he's maybe he's due due for a big one here. That'd be Absolutely. amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, let's uh, hit you. Get, you good to hit the listener questions? Uh, let's see. I think so. Yeah, I think I went over the special teams. Um, I will say like the, the, the one one huge uh, game, uh, huge play in the Michigan the Michigan TCU game was mm. Michigan's kicker hit a I believe it was a fifty nine yard field goal to end the half or to virtually end the half. Mm-hmm. Something to watch out for for jackpot if he has to if he has to blast a, a kick, you know. Like I said, if if they're playing their worst, not their worst players, but like if they're playing not their, you know, starters kind of thing, um, you know, maybe maybe he might have an opportunity to hit a hit a super long one, a career long, long one, because that was that was that kid's. Uh, I think it tied his career long, fifty nine yards or something like that, which is that's a long way, dude. Yeah, that is that's that's legit. That's legit. Yeah. All right, let's hit the list of questions. Uh, let's hit them. For- First up, we got 51 to 7 GATA. As we get ready for the world's smallest outdoor cocktail party due to no tailgating at SoFi Stadium, do you believe the Natty should be at the Rose Bowl every year, as some in the media have mentioned? Also, hats off to the fans this past Saturday, especially the ones in Section 321. Uh, so shout out to the 321 crew. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about no. like having a, a single championship no. venue? No. So, no. to, so to no, you, the problem never, never is never happen. Yeah, I mean, probably not. Um, no, just, just based on the, you know, I mean, it's like the World Cup, man. Like, do you yeah. think that the World Cup really wants the game in Qatar? No, they, they, they want it in a place like Buenos Aires or or London or, mm-hmm. you know, they they want it in the, in these typical like these cities like like Los Angeles, which I get it, like the Rose Bowl is in Los Angeles, but like. They're going to make so much more money having the game at SoFi than they would at the Rose Bowl. Matter of fact, I feel like that if they want the game at the Rose Bowl, like when when the Rose Bowl comes around, it's like, all right, fine. I guess we'll play that at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I guess I just feel like they're not picking the best places uh, as far as knowing the sport and knowing the fans and accommodating the fans. Like, like oh, one hundred percent. Like you Indianapolis. Know, that's not. That's that's not what they're interested. That's in. not the goal. Yeah, the goal is money. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. A, yeah. When the question is why, the answer is. Money. <laughs> yeah, and the question like, is why. It's always money. Yeah. But it's just it's it's so frustrating because like last I will say like the the layout of Indianapolis was great. Like the layout is great city. It was just so. I mean, it was January. Like it was freezing. Uh, I didn't want yeah. to tailgate there anyway so like i didn't care so much about tailgate options there because we just wanted to go inside the stadium because we were freezing right, right um right. but like you know la uh it's gonna be nice i mean you know I, I went to the rose bowl in 2017 and we tailgated you know i mean it was great outside so um kind of a bummer i mean we people i'm i'm sure people will find a way uh i know we've already found a way so um i would say i would say that there's probably like more that the universities and the conferences could mm. probably do to pressure that type of conversation. Mm. It's just a matter of if anybody at the table where these decisions are made has yeah. the intest- has the intestinal fortitude to fight for what fans want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's see. Uh, Fletcher Proctor, what four special guest captains from Georgia's past would you send out there for the honorary honorary coin toss? 
He he suggested four. He had Aaron Murray, Jarvis Jones, Chant Bailey, and John Stinchcomb. That was his list. Um, I believe I believe Jarvis is is a coach, so he could go out there. True. Um, Stinchcomb is a broadcast person. <laughs> I don't think that he can go out there. Um, I would say that Aaron Murray absolutely would be in that vein. I would say DJ Shockley would also be in that vein. Mm, but he's the um, he, he, but he's but he's he working too. Yeah, yeah, but he can't go. Yeah. Um, I know that this may be controversial for some, but Herschel Walker would be one to throw out there as well. Um, Herschel's on my list. I had Herschel. And my my standpoint there was the election is over. It's that's not a political thing anymore. We get, he can just be Herschel again. <laughs> it's all it's always gonna be political, Jim. Listen, well, fair. I know how I know how this thing I know how these things work. <laughs> um, fair enough. David Pollock would be another one. However, he's gonna also be working, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Nick Chubb would be on my list as well. Mm, he's a good one. Um, I was going to say, I would go like Herschel, Lindsey Scott, Buck Blue. I was going to go back to 80. Throw out some guys to, the 80 you're, team. You're going you're gonna to drag the 80s guys out there? <laughs> I'm doing that because they were the only other uh, undefeated consensus national champions. Uh, and that's what this team is vying to do. Ooh, I like the vibe you're going for with that. Like <laughs> we're sending out our our other consensus undefeated team out here to flex on you guys. <laughs> uh, so that's what I would do. Um, it, I would, it would almost be it would almost be like passing the torch, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. I like that. Exactly. I like I like, I like that. I like that. Okay, nice. That's what we'll go with. Um, I have to include for Fletcher because I know Fletcher's a big Georgia basketball fan. I'm going to do the Georgia basketball minute very quickly. Georgia beat Auburn in basketball tonight. I saw uh, that in the SEC opener. I think it's the first time Georgia's won the SEC opener since. I already forgot what the answer. I think it was like 2016 or something like that. Something crazy. Um, so uh, Mike White and the Hoop Dogs are 11 and three, uh, which I believe they have the same record as Auburn. And so, and, and obviously one and zero in the SEC. So great start to the season for Mike White. Uh, and the dogs uh, far exceeding my expectations thus far. I did not think they would be like that. Uh, the team is gelling and coming together. Uh, next game is at Florida on Saturday. So that was the Georgia basketball minute. Florida Let's on see. Saturday. What times? What times the game on Saturday? You, I have no idea what time the game is at. Mm. Is it on TV? <laughs> Uh, should be, I'll, I'll say too, um, in general, the way that, the way that these you guys game, are talking, like these guys are fun to watch. So I feel like I need to like take a little bit more interest in this season. They are fun to watch. They're definitely fun to watch. And it's like, the interesting thing is like, there was, I saw some numbers tonight around like how many different guys are playing. Uh, this, there has not been, I don't believe we've had the same starting lineup uh like in back-to-back games all season like the lineup is continuously changing um cario kendo you know was a guy that was in the portal and we're able to keep and he's he's a lot of fun to watch still um got some got some big guys that are playing pretty well braylon bridges uh it's it's a fun team it's a fun team i like it maybe the fletcher fletcher jim's jim's talking me into being a a hoop dog a hoop dog (laughs) more so than i ever have (laughs) nice nice uh all right, let's see. Um, okay, we have two questions on Duggan. So I'm going to read them both, and then we can just talk to them uh, together. So first off, Chad Jarvis said, uh, do we not pressure Duggan like we did Stroud and play to stop the pass, or do we dial up more pressure and hope to slow TCU down? Uh, and then, uh, so new name, so Dog 864 is Zach. He's got Decade of the Dog as his Twitter name right now. Um, but so he said, do you think Max Duggan can make the same impact 
against our defense that Stroud did. Uh, not on the same level, but Duggan loves to use his legs. So the interesting thing there is that with like, I mean, like Duggan did finish above Stroud in the Heisman voting. Um, but I think Stroud, Stroud is a, uh, Stroud special is unique. Uh, he's going to be drafted very highly. Uh, he was very impressive. I, I think Duggan is a very different, um, player. I, I didn't mention this earlier. Like he, and he also has like, you're gonna, if you don't know his story, you're gonna learn it. Um, he's got, um, an interesting background, you know, he, he, he lost the starting job to start the season. He had been a three-year starter at TCU, um, in the COVID year, like, or he was getting a COVID test and they found an issue with his heart and he had to have the emergency surgery. Um, you know, and then he just, he had to kind of decide him and keep playing football or not. And he came back. So you're, you're going to be well-versed in that, uh, at, by the end of the game, uh, on Monday night, I'm sure. Um, but so he's got a good story. Uh, he's got a lot of heart. Um, uh, but I don't, I mean, I, I, I think the big, the big thing here to me is again, like, with with Duggan and his legs, we're going to have a plan for that. I don't think we that wasn't the focus with Stroud in a bit us, but it's going to be the focus for the defense this week. Hmm. Yeah, I I agree, man. I think I think it's going to be a focus for sure. But I think you were saying like you're you're thinking that we will blitz, right? We're not going to like kind of sit back to play a stuff to pass. You're thinking we're going to try to develop some pressure on him, right? So I mean. This kid, this kid's accuracy is nowhere near what CJ Stroud's was. So it may be like a situation where we sit back and just kind of like show me what you got kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that we need to, I do think that we will want to dial up pressure based on what I saw on film with Michigan. Michigan's defense is very similar to ours. Mm-hmm. In terms of what they've been able to control, the points and all that stuff, I get the schedules and stuff. But like all things being equal, like they've they're they've been a pretty dominant defense. And frankly, had the Michigan offense not sucked as <laughs> horrible, and if Harbaugh wasn't as horrible of a like big game coach as as he was in that game, there we might be playing the Wolverines because they left a lot of points on the board, man. Like a lot yeah. of points. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think that uh, from what I saw there, like they, they, they were able. It wasn't the defense wasn't their problem in that game. It was the offense. So right. And what I saw was a lot of pressure in the second half, and that's how they were able to come back so quickly. Was creating pressure, creating um, a lot of mismatched timing, like like impacting the timing of those those receivers. They got they got some tip balls, which I'm going to be looking for our guys to be you know, getting their hands up because a couple of the interceptions that he threw were on tip balls off the defensive line. So mm. um, get pressure, get, get some tip balls and and maybe we can get some interceptions out of it. Just like, just like Michigan did that were kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him. I, I mean, it's like he only threw Duggan only threw for 225 against Michigan, Michigan. I mean, what's Stroud had like, what, like 348 yards passing, you know, plus right. whatever he had rushing. So I don't, right. I, after as mad as everyone, because you know Kirby and company are are ticked off about the way uh, the way Ohio State's offense played against our defense. Uh, no bigger motivator than that. Um, I'd like to. I think they're going to be out to prove a point. So I don't. I don't see it. Not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, this guy's finished second in the Heisman voting. So, um, but I, I don't. I don't think it'll be as big of an impact. Yeah, agreed. All right, uh, JT, the dog father. 
uh, of TikTok fame. Be sure you're following the dog father on Twitter and TikTok. Uh, if Stett wins back-to-back natties, is he not only the best Georgia quarterback of all time, but possibly the best player to ever step on the turf at Sanford Stadium? I think the word best is where you're going to get tripped up because uh, you're going to have people argue with you <laughs> if you get that. I actually heard uh, on 960 to the ref, which I know I know JT listens to 960 as well. Um, Scott and Logan had, I think they were talking to Chip Towers. And and, um, and uh, I said, Scott, sorry, David Johnson. David and, and Logan were talking to Chip Towers. And I think David asked a similar question, but, a, but I think he said like not best, but like greatest or something like that. Because, you know, like, because people are going to say, well, Matthew Stafford is a is a better quarterback than uh, than Stetson Bennett. But I mean, as far as like, you know, legacy and everything, I mean, if again, you know, we're, we've got uh, there was a well caveated question of if if he was back to back. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, no one's no one, no one else can lay that claim and have that legacy. And then you add the backstory. I mean, you can't it can't be topped. Yeah, well, let me let me just frame it to you this way, JT. At the end of the Disney movie, that's going to happen. <laughs> Stetson's going to be walking off into the sunset at Sanford Stadium, and then they're going to have like the end credits where all the little words and all this kind of stuff comes up, and it talks about, oh, you know, uh, you know, Jim and Dumas Johnson went on to be, you know, an NFL All American. Stetson Bennett, you know, went on to be governor of Georgia, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, these these kinds of things. Yes. Um, yes. And and then at the very end is going to say ended his career as the greatest quarterback ever in the University of Georgia, and it is his his career as the greatest player ever at the University of Georgia. I like it. I like it. Fair. All right. Uh, let's see. Last one. Uh, Will Kaplan. Uh, he said minus twelve and a half feels like too many points. What does Vegas know? He thinks the spread is too big. I think it seems about. It, it seems right. I will get to some of my numbers, but it, it seems right based on some of the things that I'm looking at. I'll say that. Um, they know what we saw in the Michigan game, Will. So they saw the Michigan game, and they saw the points that Michigan left on the field. I mean, Michigan had, what, three or four drives mm-hmm. literally die on the one-yard line? Yeah. Um, so they left, you know, 20-plus points-ish out, out on the field, um, you know, at best. You know, at worst, they left – um you know what nine 12 points on the field um which would have impacted the game pretty substantially just kind of like we if if we'd have made our field goals it would have impacted the game pretty substantially i feel like yeah it's true um it you know we we left points on the field so there there there's a lot of opportunities i i I feel bad because like i was almost like texting him to like check my vibe to feel like if, if if what i was watching like tracked with my michigan buddy mm. so today i watched today i watched the i watched that all 22 view with uh with tcu versus michigan and like at halftime i, I remember texting him and was like how are you guys losing this game <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> like after the fact. <laughs> I don't understand how you guys are losing this game. Like, first of all, like, why was Jim Harbaugh calling that fourth down play? Like, that just seems so stupid. Like, you'll never see Kirby Smart make a call like that, I feel like. Yeah. Um, like getting cute that early in the game just smacks of desperation and frankly probably deserved to lose the game based off of just that one call. Mm. But like yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I saw points left on the board. I saw ability to move the ball pretty effectively in the in the in the second half. Um, if you were to sustain that over four quarters uh, with Georgia's 
elite athletes, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think that I think that uh, I think that that's right. I think it's, I think it's, a, it's a, I think I think it's a fairly decent line. I was surprised at first, but the more I started looking at it, was like Vegas. Vegas just knows, man. Yeah, and it has it has moved actually. It, it did drop by one point. It opened at thirteen. It was thirteen and a half when I initially put my notes together uh, for this episode earlier this week, and it's now moved down to twelve and a half. So I believe that um, part of that. I believe that part of that line movement has to be like the mattress, whatever dude from TCU that's like dropped. Have you seen this? This guy? <laughs> what? <laughs> there's no. a there's a there's a big gambler guy. He's like he's like mattress Maddie or something like that. Okay. Uh, uh, what was he called? Uh, I thought I... there was something going on with actual mattresses. That's just like his handle or something. Or does he like own a mattress uh, store? Like what's going on with uh, this? Oh, mattress Mac is is what he's called. I guess he's like some Texas guy. Um, okay. Yeah, he's like some Texas guy from Houston. I, I don't know if he's a TCU alumni or donor or what, but like he dropped a bunch of money on Michigan, so or on on, on TCU to to win this game. I think so. He's put like. He's put like a million and a half dollars on this game. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I was reading about this. So like, if he if he wins, he's going to win like eight million dollars or something like that. Okay. So I guess he put it on like the money line or whatever. So he, he put, put it, it on, for them to to win outright. He put it on the money line. Um, so I guess that I don't know if he put like a combination of bets, but like if someone said like if they if they win and or cover. Then he wins X amount of dollars. So I don't know. I, that that might have been some of the movement there because that's a lot of that's a lot of scratch. Interesting. Uh, I was going to add a nugget for Will. Uh, there are two raising canes in the LA area. So <laughs> if Will's you going. Need, Will's if, going to the game. Yeah, I if you need if you need your raising canes fix, Will. Because uh, I know you have any locally, uh, <laughs> you can get them. There's one actually between, like it looks like it's between LAX and SoFi. Uh, so just a heads up. If you do, if you do, uh, please please tag us in your photos. I'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So he's he's actually placed. I said one point five. He's actually placed a th- a three million three million dollars total mattress Mac. Wow, crazy! And if he wins, if he wins, he would make eight million dollars. That's ridiculous. Okay, we have totally gone off the rails. We've totally um, off the rails. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Yeah, so we'll that that was the last that was the last one. So we'll move on to knowing that it is now time for. My God, a fresh trying to put glasses on. It is time for Coach True Bills over unders uh national championship edition. All right. Uh John, you get to choose first. Uh do you want to go or do you want me to go? Because you are still in the lead. Uh all right. So we're at coaches under overs. I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh over under Georgia 295 passing yards. I'm gonna go over. I will also go over. Hmm. Over under your turn. Over under Georgia rushing yards at one seventy five. I'm going to go over. Mm. In order to catch up, I'm going to fade you. I'm just kidding. Ah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what do I do here. Uh, over under one hundred seventy five. I'm actually going to. Uh, let's see, but I want them to go over. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do I care more about the over unders or the, I'm going to care about the offense. I'm going to see over um, up next over under different players that score over under is at three and a half. I'm going to take the over. I'm also going to take the over. Oh, see, you're just copying me. You're no, I'm not. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but there is, there is, there is some math involved in this. Uh, I know I, d- I did some too. I did some too. Wait, I was told there would be no math. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I've, <laughs> I think it's your turn. Um, over to the defense. Uh, Max Duggan rushing yards over under 65. I think he's going to go over. Okay. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to, in, in Kirby, we trust, in defense, we trust. Um, let's see. TCU first half points over under 16 and a half. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to also take the under. Okay, and then TCU over under 400 total yards. Under. Uh, okay, I'm also under. Um, let's see. Special teams. Jackpot field goal attempts over under three and a half. This is attempts. Um, I'm going to say under. I'm also under. Okay. And <laughs> miscellaneous. Munsoning moments over under too many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go under. Sorry, bro. Actually, uh, you know what? I'm going to say under as well. And I'm going to say, because we, we've we said Munsoning is dead. Munsoning is dead. We don't need Munsoning. It's not going to do you any good. not going to do you good. Uh, awesome. Well, Coach Trill, thank you again uh, for providing us with the coaches over under for the entire season and, and tracking for us. Uh, and tracking them. <laughs> it's been an absolute blast. Absolute blast. We love it. All right. Um, time for the final predictions. Uh, so let's run through uh, some some kind of data points that we've got uh, going in here. So um, the CBC R two uh, Sam uh, from the guys over at Chapel Bell Curve and Dog Quant, uh, they've they are predicting Georgia. Prepare to yourself. Win. Prepare yourself. Yes, Prepare Georgia. Yourself. Will will get ready for this. <laughs> Will's gonna get, get get see where the twelve and a half came from. So they've got Georgia thirty five point seven. To TCU fifteen point two, uh, John, you want to hit hit Will and, and everyone else around with um, how accurate CBC R two Sam has been this year? Do you still have that up? If not, I can pull it up. Uh, I thought that I did. I think they're seventy two percent accurate on the on the on straight up. Correct. Yeah. So they're they're uh, straight up. They're seventy three percent on the year, and then against the spread, they're at fifty six and a half percent. And they 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 had a pretty tight game. Uh, predicted for Georgia and Ohio State, um, yeah. so they, they they know what they're doing. Um, the so we, looking at Odd Shark uh, for the numbers of so the spread, like we talked about, Georgia is favored by twelve and a half. Over under is don't 16. look at don't look at don't look at our don't 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 even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> over under is uh, sixty three. Um, that gives an implied score of thirty seven point seven five uh, for Georgia to TCU uh, twenty five point two five. Um, the odd shark predicted score is Georgia 44.2 to TCU 31.3. Uh, so that would be a win. That'd be a cover and the over. Um, I mentioned the whole scoring impact thing, uh, earlier where Georgia is holding opponents to, uh, 12.98 points less than they score. And Georgia is scoring 12.28 more points on teams than they allow against the power five and both of those. Um, if you apply those uh, differentials to TCU's averages, that would give you a score of Georgia 38.86 to TCU 26.52. Um, 
So that actually lines up pretty well with the spread as well. So, well, I think that uh, there's there are other metrics that are pointing to this stuff. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, one of the things that I saw the TCU TCU Twitter was was tweeting out earlier today was like um, it, it was that meme of the bus and there's a guy looking out the window and he's looking at this bright shining mountains and all these kinds of things <laughs> with a smile on his face that says "Why not us." And then on the other side of the bus was someone looking dark and gloomy and sad, and it said stats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the stats yeah. the stats are not in your favor in this game for TCU fans. I, yeah, there's really no other way to shake it. Yep. Yeah. Um, you want me to go first, or do you want to go? Uh, I guess. Yeah. If I guess. I guess I'll, I'll go. go. I think first. I've been going first. I'll, I'll go first. So. Couple of things, um, just like on what what's on the line here. Uh, Georgia has a chance to tie the longest winning streak in school history uh, at 17 wins. So if you go back to last year's national championship game, we won 16 in a row. This would be 17. Uh, that happened. We did that from 1945 through 1947. Uh, the dogs won 17 in a row, so be able to match that with this win. Um, and then another just kind of fun thing. Mentioned it earlier in passing, but. The only other undefeated consensus national champion Georgia team was a 1980 team, and that team also beat TCU. Um, so I've got the dogs <laughs> winning. <laughs> I've got the dogs winning this game. Um, I'm going to go Georgia 38, TCU 27. Oof, I like it. I like. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I have 36, 21. Okay. I like. I like 36, 15 or 36, 14 or whatever, but. Um, I have a feeling that'll be some desperation garbage time, like de- like just desperately trying to score touchdowns yet again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think I think this is a this is a good football team. It's 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 pretty amazing that they've done this in year one under Sony Dykes. Uh, it is it's pretty not, crazy. It's not. It's not. I'll be, I'll be honest. It's not surprising to me. You don't think because- it's not. No, well, they were picked like it, seventh in the Big Ten or Big Ten, the Big Twelve. I think they were picked like to finish like seventh in the league this year. So they hired a guy that comes from an air raid offense and takes over in a conference that is literally like built for the air raid offense. Yeah, and they also have got Gary Patterson had done a really good job of recruiting players. So, like, yeah. if Sonny Dykes comes from the, um, you know, he comes from the Mike Leach tree, right? So he has all these players that are already on campus on the defensive side. And then he just maximizes his talent with the offensive players, which is literally what Mike Leach does. So it's not really, it shouldn't be that surprising. What's going to be surprising to me. And frankly, it was going to be a better measure of like what this, what their program is able to generate and what he's able to do as a coach is whether or not he can replenish those defensive players because Gary Patterson was always like a huge defensive guy, right? Like that's, they've been opportunistic on the defense side. Like if you erase the defensive wins that they had against Michigan, I think Michigan wins that came pretty handedly. So it'll be interesting to see how this pans out in year five and six when these guys graduate or whatever. But I would say that the, the, the the prestige was there for, for Gary Patterson. He just never could get over the hump because I don't think he was offensively geared. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Anyway, that's that's my take. That's my take. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. Well, cool. Well, like I said, definitely a different feel last year, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it's not like this. Uh, it's not the common the common enemy. Uh, the monkey, you know, get the monkey off your back, like we had with Alabama, where they were, you know, 
they were always the the roadblock and what was in our in our way. I mean, you know, and this, I mean, this also, I will say too, like it were we got some variety in in the playoff this year, in the last two years, right? So you had Cincinnati make it in last year, TCU make it in this year. And I think, you know, maybe the college football, maybe I think the committee did a good job. I think they got the best four teams in this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think TCU was probably the biggest question mark, not Ohio State, because like I said, I felt like Ohio State was probably the um the the, the toughest out in the field for us. But like I mean, you know, TCU went out there, beat beat Michigan. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how this all changes. Um, you know, this sport is about to change big time in two years when the playoff field expands to 12. Um, you've got an opportunity right in front of you here. Uh you know, in the penultimate year of the 14 playoff to go out there and go back to back with Stetson Bennett, write that final chapter. Uh, let's go do it. Let's go take advantage of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let's go ahead and take down another Heisman candidate. Like this will be yeah. the third, the third Heisman candidate that we've played. Um, yeah. yeah, man, I'll, I'll take, I'll take those, I'll take those accolades because I don't think you're ever going to find a quarterback or a team that's going to be asked to to play this many like incredible quarterbacks in the in in their entire season yeah yeah for sure all right man well i know i'll be i'll so i'll be out there uh so sorry if the texts aren't flowing quite as much uh being no the, the text better be the text better Although, be flowing. the like, texts actually heavy. were flowing now that i remember <laughs> now i say that now that i'm remembering back i actually the texts were flowing like crazy when i was in indianapolis last year so i guess i shouldn't even say that the text will be flowing uh during the game i'm sure <laughs> we got it. We got it. We got to live vicariously through the through all of you people, and it doesn't have to be Jim. It can be anybody. Tag the podcast. We'll we'll see it. Yeah, absolutely for sure, definitely. I want to see the dog take over, man. Because apparently, from what I understand, mm. T- TCU sent back tickets from their allotment to this game. I saw that today. Actually, I, I saw that in that thread with the guy make, trying to make the Athens Greek Greece joke. That was super lame. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, apparently, like, cause I had that thought today. I was like, I wonder if you can buy tickets through TCU's ticket office and they're sold out. But apparently that had hit the dog vent. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Yes. I did see that. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I do, I do expect it to be, I mean, like, like you, you brought it up last week, right? Like Georgia fans that already made all the plans, hotels are booked, flights have been booked for a while. Uh, I think we're ready. I think it's going to be have another, a, another dog dog takeover and the yeah. Angeles. Yeah, I have I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of Georgia people there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of flights a lot of flights dried up out of Atlanta. I'll say that too when I was when I was looking at it. So yeah, yep. Get her done. Get her done and and send me the pictures. We'll do. We'll <laughs> and do. if there's confetti, if there's confetti, please grab me some. Mm, yes yes i i actually yeah so now that i yes yes okay noted noted noted. grab grab all the confetti all the confetti yes i know how to do that now i know how to do that take some gallon bags with you they'll be like why do you have all these gallon bags like don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) that's too funny love it cool man I did well. Well, uh, anyway, we got a little bit longer to to to, to go until it's here with it being a Monday. So uh, everyone, rest up over the weekend and, and and get ready for Monday night. Yep, gotta get the run in on Monday. Ooh, yeah, Monday run for you, absolutely. Yeah, Monday run. Yep, which which will which will track check nicely. I'll probably be wearing my my Georgia my Georgia sweatshirt for the workout on Monday. Nice, nice, good deal. All right, man. Well, have fun. I'm gonna be super jealous, but. Uh, <laughs> Go dogs. Go dogs.